We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Roto Grinders, welcome back to the Week 10 DFS Weekly Roundup here on Grinders Live. My name is Alex Dunlap. I am the editor-in-chief at rosterwatch.com. I am the host of Roster Watch on Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, Saturday nights, 7 to 9 Eastern, and Sunday mornings, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Joined, as always, by my co-host here on the Roundup, coming to us live from sunny Miami. Is it, is it sunny down there, Siege? Oh, yeah. It's sunny. <laughs> it's, it's CJ called I, almost did the sh- I almost did the show outside. I thought about it. <laughs> you, you been getting your tan on? Uh, it would have been a good idea. It's like 85 degrees and sunny. I, mean, I, I almost did this outside. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, like, I'm, I'm here in Texas. It's, it's starting to actually get cold outside here. I'm wondering um, if it's going to be okay to, like... To, to wear my to wear my hoodies and hats and stuff like that once it gets real cold because this is a cold office on um but anyway yeah we got a ton of stuff to get to today CJ and I are already in mid uh show form talking about <laughs> some of this stuff um back before the show started uh if you guys don't know this is the DFS weekly roundup we're going to go through six different topics that were discussed here on Grinders Live during the week of different podcasts and shows uh, available here as both premium content and free content through the podcast app and here on Grinders Live. And as we go through them, we'll give our takes on what some of the other hosts and analysts and pros uh, have said. And we will also just get into some of our own takes, hopefully make some bets and some props with one another. Last week, I got taken to the woodshed by Siege on two very swindly uh, bets. I had the right idea about um, Brock Osweiler, who you was trash. You won a bet with a guy who caught a one-yard touchdown pass. You cannot talk about, like, getting lucky. <laughs> this was a suck out. I gave, I gave you the over-under on eight points for Woeweiler. He got for 10, 10.56. 10.5, that's like 25% more than you projected. Yeah, but you told me that I could have got you up to 13 and a half or so. Had I not just Instacart. You could have gotten me up to 12 probably for sure. Unbelievable. And then the other one that Siege took for me, we had the bet on Damian Williams versus 
Kenyon Drake on DK. I lost that. Both both paid out. I mean, both paid off. You could have gone with either. You could have gone with both. Um, but I lost that one by 0. 0.6 points because Please, of a lucky touchdown. My guy was up touchdown. like 12. My, lucky touchdown. Lucky Did you touchdown. see that skill? Lucky, <laughs> lucky touchdown. That was called effort. Kenyon Drake yeah. got all of his t- points in garbage time. You were lucky that it was even close. Hate, hate them both this week, by the way. Well, I won't have any bit of either one of them this week. Uh, versus Carolina. But yeah, so Siege took those. Siege is up three, back up three units on me for the year. I'm sure we will um, come up with another bet or two during this show because we already have a few disagreements. Uh, the other thing was our bold calls last week. I forget what yours was. Mine was, it was goodbye from the start. <laughs> D- <laughs> Five minutes after the show. Yeah, D.D. Westbrook was, put, was not uh, taken off IR and activated in time. Uh, so D.D. Westbrook did not go for 6X value last week. Maybe that'll be my bold take again this week. We will see. But I'm looking just, to see if he's activated right now. That's actually what I was looking to go look for right now, but I haven't <laughs> found it yet. Before we get to any of, the, uh, in, any of these six topics from the week, any overall views of the slate or you just want to get into it, kind of see where the, these take us? Uh, let's just get rolling. All right, so this first one comes from the Daily Fantasy OGs uh, podcast. This is a podcast that comes out with um, Head Chopper and Beer Makers fan and Notorious, I believe, on Wednesdays. This is a player that Notorious had a take on saying this low-priced wide receiver that's apparently going to be pretty chalky from what Siege and I were kind of discussing before the show is an absolute lock in cash game. I think you just lock Adam Humphreys into cash games, 3,100. It's going to allow you to get up to, you know, Le'Veon or Fournette at running back, which is really going to help this week. You can actually play him and Deshaun Jackson together. Uh, you know, you can get the one and two receivers for, you know, eight grand combined on DraftKings. Probably going to see 20 targets or so between the two of them. So I don't mind uh, taking that route. I like Doug Martin in tournaments, like Chop mentioned. I think uh, he's going to be the low-owned guy in this offense. Okay, so that was notorious. Um, he says to lock Adam Humphreys of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into your cash games and even double up with uh, D-Jax, Deshaun Jackson and Humphreys if, you, if you're feeling crazy. He says that guarantees you about 20 targets in this game. I think that my deal is – the whole thing about this thing about Adam Humphreys being a lock, Adam Humphreys chalk week. I guess I'll just hand it off to you, Siege. Your thoughts on Adam Humphreys this week? He is a lock in cash, and that is about the only thing I agree with in that clip. 20 targets for Deshaun and Humphreys combined? Did That's Morris not- Claiborne just, like, jump off the planet? Did I miss a memo? Yeah. I, like, I is, he, is he not there anymore? I don't know. Like, I don't 20 know. targets? Chris Godwin's like, Hi. Hi, my name's Chris Godwin. I'm probably the most talented receiver on the field between those three. Yeah, well, I, well all right. So I don't even know where – like I say for one, the only lock of the week this week in cash games is Bilal Powell. I'm, I'm locking him into all of mine. We can probably talk about him a little bit later. But to me, and you and I had this – like do you think – I'm, I'm we, busy, please. Thank you. <laughs> do you think we – they just keep knocking. <laughs> Hold on a second. I have no idea what they're asking my door for. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll just say that I mean for me I was talking to Siege <laughs> oh he told, he's asking Siege if he needs to take his take out his rubbish 
um, yeah, for me, I, I, I'm finding to where I don't feel like I need to pay that, pay down that you much. Do not disturb side means do not disturb. Did, was he asking you if he could take your rubbish? No, he's asking. He is asking where my car was, and I was like, I don't have a car. <laughs> I thought I heard him say something about rubbish. <laughs> okay. Times today, they woke me up with the do not disturb sign. Ugh, yeah. Now look, I understand, man, that we love to target Buster Screen. But what is the upside here? Like Adam Humphries hasn't scored this season. His biggest game this season has been 13 PPR points. Now Ryan Fitzpatrick's in at quarterback. Like you can look at the Rotovids game splits app, and Humphreys was actually worse in the game of his career where Evans didn't play. And then we mentioned Chris Godwin. And I, I might rather play him, but here's the thing about Godwin. I don't know what to – you know, when I evaluated him, it was a really tough evaluation. I said that he was a Nate Burleson with a little dash of Allen Robinson mixed in. But here's the thing. Like, he, the guy's such an enigma. He's got these tiny hands, but he kills you with the, the contested catches. He shows no explosiveness or burst on tape. Then he goes to the combine and blows that thing up. He can't get any separation in, in college. And then he in Indy, he runs the best short shuttle time of any player who was there. Um Chris Godwin's always been a guy that's been hard for me to figure out. And I still think even with that being the case, maybe I would prefer him over Humphreys just because of the, uh, just because of the upside. And also the fact that it seems like I, I don't have Jamino's projections pulled up right now, but man, it seems like Humphreys, you know, notorious was, is not the only guy out here touting this. I've heard a lot, I've heard a lot of this stuff. Here, here's the thing. I think people are like, overrating the wide receivers on Tampa in general. Like Cameron Brait's going to be a real factor in this offense. Oh yeah. I Ryan love that. Patrick loves throwing to the tight end. So like, it's a situation where like, I, I think that people are way overrating Deshaun and Humphreys and way underrating Brait, Howard and Go uh, Goodwin. Like I like Goodwin. I think he's going to be the guy on two wide receiver sets. Like they're not going to run Humphreys outside on rundowns. Right. So, Donald's going to play more snaps. He, he, he's probably the more talented player. Like they took him, I think, in the third round. Uh, like I, I think, maybe in the second. But the I second can't. I'll, 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 after me, it was it was second or third. But, yeah, it, but it's just like I feel like people are just on the wrong guys, and then it's just the question now is like, okay, do I want to take like a huge leverage position here and go heavy on Godwin and Bray and just kind of fade Humphreys and Jackson and hope for the best? Kind of where I'm leaning at this point. Well, you're the tournament player. You know, I think that this take was mainly for cash, and you're saying for cash, you kind of agree with Yeah, Humphreys is a lot for cash. You just got to take the 3K. It's like he's just – his floor is like eight, and it's just like, you know, it lets you fit in the stud receivers. Now, that what, this take was done before Bilal Powell was there. I'm not sure if he would even say right. that he's blocked now. But right. if I was playing cash, I would pay up at quarterback to Dak, and I would play Humphreys personally. Okay, just – just one, one, one last thing before we get off of Baton Humphreys. Like, would you rather – just the, the way I see it, would you rather have, say, A.J. Green plus a Robbie Anderson or maybe a Sterling Shepard or an Antonio Brown and an Adam Humphreys? Because that's kind well, of the way – I mean, I, I would obviously take the other – I wouldn't take the Humphreys side. But, like, the way my builds are coming out, those aren't the decisions I'm – those aren't the decisions that you, so those no. seem to be those seem to be the, the decisions that I'm facing with my cash game build. So that's why I was curious. Russell, I mean, we'll talk about is Shepard on the topic list. I think this that's a drastic overreaction, but we'll talk about that, I guess, at some point. I'm I'm not sure he's on the topic list, but I'd like to hear your I'd like to hear your take. What do you think is a drastic overreaction? I think Shepard Chalk is a drastic overreaction. To 
the how the Giants game like the pe- people are telling me that CJ Beathard's terrible, and then they expect the Giants to throw the entire time. That story doesn't make sense. It's either the game's going to shoot out, and you think both sides are going to be able to have success, or they're going to run Darkwell down their throats when they're up twenty. Like, why are people? Why are people even talking to you about CJ? Story. Why? Why are people even talking to you about CJ Beathard of all people? <laughs> CJ Beathard's good, and he's going to show it this week. I love CJ Beathard this week. You love Beathard this week. Okay. Yeah, it's the first time he has actually had like a decent offensive line and a team that doesn't blitz every single down. Like they were down to like their eighth, ninth, and tenth offensive linemen against blitz tappy teams. Where they what did people expect that was gonna happen? I just and think that the offensive line back, the Giants defense is terrible. He's at home. Like this is just a, this is the best spot he's had, like in any of his starts. Well, he, he's had Pierre Garcon in, in, in some of his starts. Pierre Garcon? I mean, but he had no offensive line. He couldn't, he had like two seconds to throw the ball. Right, I get it. I just, I think, I don't, I think, that, I just think the fact that he's, it's, that offense seems pretty devoid of weapons right now. I mean, Garrett Selleck is, of all people, is people are talking up this idiot this week. So, I mean, I mean it's an okay play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I, I really he like probably, he, he probably is an all right play. I just, Kyle, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's a good coach. Like, they're going to be ready to play this week. And I'm not so sure the Giants are. Like, they were talking, they were going to fire their coach this week. Like, I just, right. if there was ever a situation for the Giants to put up points, it's this week. And if they put up points, you're going to have to have them. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think that the Giants and the I think the Giants 49ers game is certainly a, an interesting one to target. It's one of the two, like kind of like the kind of like the uh, Jets and the Tampa Bay, like kind of a trash kind of that. a trash I game. I hate that game. It's just why, man. The total just keeps going up and up. Like I think it's going to be. Tampa I think it's going to be. Awful. Tampa's so it's slow. Two, it's two awful defenses, man, and they and it's just loaded with. And it's loaded with revenge. Awful. Uh, loaded with revenge is not a good reason for total fight. <laughs> like, yeah, right. like the Giants and 49ers defenses are trash too. Yeah, they are. And like I said, I, I view those games as being very similar. Just, kind I of crap. I just, I just think this Jets Tampa love is just. I think it's going to be like one of those twenty to seventeen games. Well, I, I I think that I think that we both agree that Adam Humphreys is not a player who we like in tournaments. Nope. And Cash, I'm not sure he's a lock, but I think that it's you know I think it's probably fine. I th- I think his floor is probably fine. I, I I will say I can't see him getting less than four catches. So I mean I feel like that's a four point floor there on. In, in and if you think he's gonna get four catches, it's like twenty yards. It's like seven. Like it's just, right. it's, not, it's hard for him to kill you in cash at that point. Let's move on to the next one here. Uh, this clip comes from the Football Guys DFS show here on Grinders Live. This take is from Dan Bach, who is predicting a breakout this week from a very, very, very sick wide receiver who has not really had the opportunity thus far this season because of his health. Uh, my bounce back here is I think Corey Davis gets in the end zone this week against Cincinnati. Uh, This guy had 10 targets his first game of the season with Marcus Mariota. Last week, I think he was in for like over 80% of the snaps. Coaching staff is talking him up. 20th and 27th, that's the DVOA ranking to wide receiver two and three, which I think Rashard Matthews might be considered number one. We'll see. But uh, I think Corey Davis this week at cheap price, I think he's like 4K over on DraftKings this week, is a nice value option who could hit pay dirt for you. Okay, that was Dan Bach uh, from the Football Guys show here on Roto Grinders. And he thinks that this is finally the week for rookie 
Titans wide receiver Corey Davis to break out. Um, Dan says that he's going to get in the end zone versus Cincinnati, and at just 4K uh, represents a terrific value. Like I said, Corey Davis is an absolutely sick beast for sure. My comps, you know, talking about comps for these players, my comp for him was a Demarius meets a Demarius meets Dez. Um, but I don't know. This week, I'm not so sure. Siege, what are your thoughts? Why is it that we have this segment every single week? As like what a, segment? The, the, the Dan, like, bounce back guy. I and mean, the guy never does anything. I feel like <laughs> every week, this is a segment. Didn't he have Carlos Hyde last play. week? Didn't he have Carlos Hyde last week? I think he might have. Was it high? I could have sworn it was someone like even worse than that. <laughs> I think it might have been high. I don't know. We could go back and check. Ca- with his two yards per carry, I mean, whatever. <laughs> he had nine catches. Okay. If he get if, if he gets the receiving volume, he can, he'll be able to. Yeah. Do if more. he if he catches ten balls every week, he'll be a good play. I mean, well, like, well, well, your boy Beathard's going to be counting on that t- tomorrow. My, my boy Beathard is going to be uh, running all over. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be a beast this week. No, we'll see, man. So, but uh, about Corey Davis going up against Cincinnati, no. not the best matchup. In a week where we have a ton of value wide receivers, why are you forcing anything? Like there are like six guys, seven like guys under nine k that I think, or or four k that are playable. Yeah, like Goodwin, Robinson, Thompson, Westbrook, Humphreys, Kendrick Bourne, who maybe no one in this chat has heard of, and Chris Godwin. Like <laughs> those guys are all better plays than Corey Davis. Yeah, I uh, Kendrick Bourne. That's a Kendrick Bourne's a little bit of a little bit of a tough one for me. But slots, slots, slots versus the Giants, man. He was Cooper Cup's teammate, wasn't he? Was Cooper mm-hmm. Cup's teammate in college? Yeah, I believe so. They had a really good receiving core there. Um, He's the tallest Kend- receiver they got. Kend- Kendrick Bourne. That's an interesting one. I give all credit um, to JM. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought of it before I saw him. Like I was like, who the hell wrote up Kendrick right. Bourne as a recommended play in Insider? Right. And then I read it, and I was like, you know, this is actually a very fair point after I went and did my research. Anybody in the chat that had the, um, that had the under on two and a half segments before I mentioned a prop is going, to, is, gonna, is going to win? It's one. It was one. Oh, is it, oh, is it uh, one? Over, okay. Overhead. The, the over the overs officially hit. Corey Davis, I have like 75 props already up for our pro subscribers at Roster Watch just to help with the final like part of the process. This prop is pretty bad. Three and a half receptions for 40.5 yards and a plus 225 touchdown odds. That's projected scoring via that prop of about 9.4 points on DK. So I I don't know, man. I don't think that Vegas sees that this as being any kind of real breakout, you know, breakout deal for Corey Davis by the way just speaking about the prop sheet I, I I can't like as long as I'm in here I should mention that Bilal Powell's prop is absolutely uh insane com- compared to what his pricing is I have n- I've never seen one this year above like 3.15 x Bilal Powell's is a 3.64 x based on what his early props are based on that four thousand dollar salary so I think Bilal, Bilal Powell do we have a do, do we have a um a, like a clip about him I don't think we do uh, who? Bilal Powell. I, mean, I don't think we do. I mean, that might have been late news, but you just play him. Let me show. Yeah, you. yeah. We well, have the list of the clips here somewhere. How, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think we do. So let's talk about Bilal Powell because I, th- I think it's a really, really big you subject. Him. You play him. You play him. Yeah, you just play him. In tournaments, even, and then just find other ways to differentiate. 
Yeah, I think I'd take a stand the other. Like, he's going to be 45, 50%. I might just play 100, call it a day. And you think he'll be maybe 80% in cash games? Yeah, maybe even higher. Maybe even higher. But, yeah, I mean, I'll matter. take I'll go if into you the same. 100%, then you're open. Like, you can't be underweight on him if you play 100%. Right, right. Yeah, and it, it feels good to get him in because, you know, it feels good to get him in because the, you can use the set. The salary relief. It's, is, it's is nice free. too. If you play the running back in that game, then you and you just like okay, the game's gonna be slower. Like it helps. All it helps. Like I don't like the over in that game. So like oh, you know, Jets running back. So it kind of just fits nicely. No, yeah, I yeah. If you're if you're the only problem with playing 100 is I can't play any ASJ revenge. Like there's the one piece of revenge. <laughs> one piece of revenge. All right, um, all right. So, but yeah, Corey Davis. I think Siege and I are both off. Certainly not. Hey, from a long perspective. I think Corey Davis is going to have a terrific NFL career. And I, I hope that it's not kind of thwarted in any way by this. Uh, we've seen, man, these guys that can't stay healthy for their rookie seasons have a lot of trouble sometimes moving forward. But uh, hopefully that will not be the case with Corey Davis or uh, Mike, Mike Williams, for that matter, out, out there for the L.A. Chargers. Um, okay, let's get to the third one. Uh, this one comes from the DFS pick six and – this is a take that I think our producer Simon Edwards thought was important because these two receiver options are probably going to be uh, the two guys that are connected to the arm of the quarterback that I feel like has gotten talked up the most uh, this week. Let's hear what Lord Reeves has to say whenever he's comparing Golden Tate to Marvin Jones of the uh, D- Detroit Lions. It's going to be a game where I think Golden Tate has a really good spot. You know, uh, he's had seven more catches. I think that it's a game where I was on Marvin Jones real heavy. Evan knows through the text messages we have. I played Marvin Jones. He saved all my LaShawn McCoy Thursday through Monday lineups. Um, just absolutely pulled pulled all of those out of the darkness. Um, but I think this is a week where it's going to be a Golden Tate week. I mean, if you look at where how Marvin Jones has gotten uh, his points this year, it was really easy to tell at the beginning of the year. Look at the games he matched up with in the year. He faced Patrick Peterson. He faced Janoris Jenkins. Uh, he faced Xavier Rhodes. That once that finally like alleviated itself, he started the ball out, and the, all those targets came back. And this is a week where he, Jason McCourty is going to be back, and Jason McCourty was playing better than any cornerback was playing, you know, in the NFL before he was hurt. So I mean, I think this is a week where he runs back into a tougher matchup, and Golden Tate is just the easier draw there. Okay, that was uh, Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves, uh, from the uh, DFS Pick 6, presented by Roto World and Roto Grinders. That comes out on Wednesdays on Grinders Live, I think Wednesday nights. And uh, Lord Reeves says this is a golden tape week uh, to pair up with uh, Matt Stafford if you're looking to get that stack. And that's because Marvin Jones, even though he's been going bigger lately, um, has the better game logs and the better price tag on uh, DK that he that Marvin Jones has been uh, quiet in the tough matchups uh, this season. Um, this week he's facing McCourty uh, with with Tate getting the easier draw. See, are are you interested in the Lions passing game? And if so, what do you think about Lord Reeves' take here about uh, preferring Golden Tate to Marvin Jones? He's absolutely correct. Yeah, I think so too. Like you just played, t- I I love the passing attack. I think the Browns are going to put up some points early. Uh, the history of teams coming off the bye against teams on short weeks is those teams put up points early. Um, you, think, and, you think they're Browns? I think the Browns – I mean, when I say put up points, I mean literally figuratively, like, put up points. Oh, just get, Ten, just get something on the board, right? All it does Three. is it makes it – like, all every touchdown the Browns score requires an extra touchdown from the Lions before they can bench the starters. 
So, like, if I can get seven to ten first-half points from the Browns, that means <laughs> the Lions need to score 40 before they stop throwing. That's my worry about this game is that, I mean, it's, it feels like it should be an absolute blowout. I think that the one saving grace that you have in it is that we all know that Detroit, Jim Bob Cooter, this is one of the most pass-heavy teams that we've ever seen, right, facing, like, the ultimate pass-funnel Deep like defense. Coming a team coming they can't, score some points. They can't run. They can't run to save their lives. Like they can't run. So I think even if they get, I think it's one of these things like the Rams. You know, it doesn't seem like the Rams. Like they're they're not going to take their foot off the gas if if they get up. They're going to keep trying to put up points. I think Jim Bob Cooter is one of these coaches too that I think it, I think I don't think that the Lions are going to let off the gas. I think they're just going to keep throwing the football because they know that they're not, they're not going to be able to do anything on, on the ground. But that would be my one worry is that, you know, they just get so far ahead and they just try and run out the clock. I guess I'm just not that worried about it considering that they can't run and that it's not really – it's like everything sets up to – you know, it's really hard to run on Cleveland and they're not good at running, you know, so – it's is that kind of how you throw, see it? Throw, 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 throw. The question right. is just who's the second guy. I don't think it's TJ Jones. And I, I Eric Ebron, I think, is going to get some love here in the next couple 24 hours. I just, I think deservedly so. I mean, that's how, you, that's how you beat these guys. What's his face? The old guy. Darren Fells. But my, I said, I think that that's how you beat these guys. I think a Darren Fells. I think a Eric Ebron. And I think, man, the way Golden Tate uh, – People say, you know, he does he, he does line up at the Z wide receiver and is a flanker and stuff. But here's the thing. I mean, he lines up in the slot sometimes. And even when he lines up at the Z wide receiver, he runs these dragging rounds and stuff over the middle. That's the way you beat Cleveland is you get in front of those deep safeties. Um, so I think with I, th- I think with uh, Golden Tate, even though he's not necessarily a slot wide receiver per se, I guess that's TJ Jones. I think that he gets involved in the passing game in a lot of the same areas that a slot wide receiver does. So yeah, I think, and, and it's just, and it's just, he's not getting, he's just not getting McCourty. Like it really just comes down to that. And, and, and is like, is McCourty even that good? Yes. Why does everyone keep asking this question? Because he's old and he everyone. got cut and he got cut by the Titans. So what? The Titans, what's that? What are the Titans good evaluators of cornerback talent? No, <laughs> we're looking at them this year. And they, yeah, you can, yeah. That's I mean, that's probably he's your been point. elite. He's like shut down everyone since Antonio, like after Antonio Brown week one, it's just been shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to have zero Marvin Jones, like in case he just happens to leap over him in the end zone for a touchdown. But like, I'm clearly going to take Golden Tate over him. I think so too, especially on DraftKings where you get a point per reception. There's just so much more, you know, so so much more um, potential upside there via via the receptions and the low A dot targets. Um, you just you you can't throw deep on Cleveland no matter who no no matter who you're on. Um, all right, let's let's go to the next clip here. This is one I love to hear. It makes me just it, it makes me rub my hands together furiously and maniacally. Uh, this clip comes from the Yahoo show that they it was um, Dean it was Dean seven eight nine oh what is Dean seven eight nine oh four and the Yahoo crew Scott Pianowski and Andy Barons they were talking about a play in tournaments that Siege of all people knows that I love to hear. I want to hear some more information. Of course, again, it's just Thursday, but I've heard positive things so far about Martavis Bryant, and maybe I'm just. I'm living in like 2016 or so, or 2015. 
but like 11 bucks, man, 11 bucks for Brian. It's tempting for a cash game. Of course not because his floor is literally zero, but uh, like one play can justify that. He can, he can, you know, crack off a 70 yard catch and, I'm thinking about playing him in a tournament just because I don't, maybe I hate myself. I totally agree with you. And where most people seem to be on Josh Gordon, that's exactly where I am on Martavis Bryant. I'm going to be a Bryant truther until he's done. I mean, the comments are good. I mean, maybe just kind of like make things right. Kind of, you know, try to forget like whatever happened. He's a great talent, obviously. And it's we know the secondary the style of play, right? I mean, he's, as you said, he could catch a 70 yard touchdown. I mean, he's, he's a guy who they were going to, they're probably going to take a deep shot or two to, and you only need that one play. It's not like he's somebody who runs a, a bunch of flat routes or something. He was gonna, he's not like he's this, um, you know, um, Jarvis Landy type, type of player. He, he's a field stretcher. He's a guy who runs nine routes. He's a guy who runs by people. And, and to be fair to Brian, he's had a couple of, of times this year where he's been clearly open and Ben's just missed him. He's yeah. wide open in that Bears game, should have been a touchdown. So it's not like Brian has all of a sudden lost his ability. We've actually seen flashes of it this year. The alien, the Martian. Dean said, Dean and the Yahoo crew say they're thinking about playing Martavis Bryant in tournaments. Scott Pianowski even says that they're going to take shots to him in a great matchup. Siege, thoughts on, thoughts on Martavis Bryant, the sickest beast anybody's ever seen. I refuse to give this absurd take more airtime than I've already gotten on this show. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. Yeah. And I'm done. I'm 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 done buying the talk of Martavis in an expanded. He's role. awful. Let's move on. He's not. He's not awful. But he's awful. He need, he need, he he needs a he needs a new he needs a new uh, he needs new scenery. He needs a he's new also outlook on life. Very overrated football. He can do one thing: run straight <laughs> and catch balls and get sick. All right. So let's. Yeah. I don't think we need to go over it much. Don't play Martavis. But that, that being said, it's almost 100% guaranteed the week that I get off of him in one of these narrative games, he's going to go off and cost me even more money. Uh, let's get to the next one, though. Uh, this one comes from the Swolecast. This is David Davis Maddock with a take on a wide receiver that I, I don't think I would touch with a 10-foot pole this week. I got a good Drew Dinkmeyer play here. Chase, it's fine. What is it? Dude, it's Keenan Allen. Like, like he's, Drew's. He's still a little expensive, right? What's he's fi- he's fifty four on DraftKings, and it, it's just like, yeah, like their their corners are really good, and the, their defense is like the best in the NFL in like however many years. But when you're trailing in a game, you still have to throw the ball. It's not like Keenan Allen's like running down the field trying to test any corners. Like you can still catch a six yard slant against good defenses. I don't know. Like I like I that's, I would. That's, a, that's not your worst take in the world. I would I would never do it though. You know me. Like I I already think Keenan Allen's terrible. He's played in the NFL for like four years and scored like eight touchdowns. Like I don't I'm not even interested. But just to see Keenan Allen at that price felt like bizarre. They're they're getting a the DK algorithm is just like if you were playing against Jacksonville, you're getting like a twenty percent decrease in like your average like your like regular salary. Okay, so that take came from Davis Maddock of the Swolecast, which comes on on Friday nights and is available for a replay to premium subscribers throughout the weekend here on Roto Grinders. Um, Davis Maddock, he said that Keenan Allen versus the Jaguars, which is just a horrible matchup, but he's cheap this week. Um, he says he's going to get his production maybe in kind of like catch-up mode, so not necessarily like running up and down the field with any of these really awesome corners like Jalen Ramsey or A.J. Bouye, but maybe um, 
you know, just kind of getting underneath them and, and, you know, not kind of testing them in any way down the field. Do you have any take on a cheap Keenan Allen this week, Siege? I saw a take on NFL Network actually at lunch that I actually really agreed with, and it fits this perfectly. Hmm. Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette will have more rushing yards combined than Phillip Rivers and Blake Bortles will throw for. I agree with that take. Like, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I don't think Phillip Rivers has much success here at all. Was, this is a nightmare for Rivers. It's going to affect all parts of this offense. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a nightmare spot. Yeah, it, it's just an awful, awful spot. But it's a really good spot for Melvin Gordon if they actually, like – so, like, in the Patriots game, they ran for an 85-yard touchdown, and then they stopped running the football. Well, he was a little bit banged up for that com- coming into that one. But it, it, it was working, and they stopped. I don't know what it is with Bill Belichick. It's like he's got this, like, magic fairy dust. It's <laughs> on the offensive corner, like, you're having success running the football. Stop running the football. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, it's Bill Belichick. I guess I'm going to stop running the football. Uh, I it's probably would. <laughs> right. But if they have, I mean, if you would think in this game, like at least they're going to be smart enough to give Melvin Gordon like 25 to 30 touches here. Um, I, I think he's a little underpriced industry wide. Um, he's one of the guys that I'm going to play heavy when I fade Bell. Uh, it's because I think he's got some more upside. You love, you love Melvin Gordon, huh? I like all these guys. I, I like I, I like all the expensive guys. Yeah, so do I, man. It's hard. We're gonna we're gonna have to talk about them whenever we get done through these. Uh, but I think one of these ones coming up kind of talks about that. I'll just say that I I think that Jacksonville is just too good getting pressure. They're too good in coverage. I, I think with it was kind of like the way that I I felt last week about. Was it Joe Mixon they played last week? Yeah, with like without Jeremy Hill, I I, I don't remember. I don't I don't remember whether or not Joe Mixon paid off last week or, or not. But I think that my my thought process was that look, with that offensive line for Cincinnati, they're going to be able to just get pressure and not be able to let this offense really do anything. I kind of think that it's sort of the same situation with the Chargers. It's not a great offensive line that like Melvin I kind of think Melvin Gordon is better. Like he's an elite back. He's better. No, I understand. That, I understand that he's an elite fantasy back. I elite volume back. I think that he's certainly better. I just I think that this Jaguars defense is taking a turn, kind of to where they were. They were a bit of a run, a complete run funnel, right? I think I think they still are because they're so hard to pass on. I just think that through the course of the end of this season here, it's going to get harder and harder to run on them, just because I think as a whole defense, not only with the adding of Marcel Darius. I just think as a whole defense that they're getting better and coming together as a unit. So uh, I, I can see where you're coming. I, I don't think many people are going to be on Melvin Gordon. I think he's probably a terrific. If the Chargers score player. two touchdowns, who's most likely going to score? One, I like, mean, I would take one and a half. The one and a half. One, you know, one point five. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality. Like, even if you project them at like a seventeen point total team total, which is what I think they're at right now. I mean, the only other touchdown is going to Hunter Henry. Like that's it. Like yeah. that's basically where all the touchdown equity is. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, and no, I think totally. they, like as much as I love like the Bengals, it's not like they're going to have like the Chargers are only going to have 100 yards of total offense. Like they're still going to have 215 yards of offense, and if like 60 percent of that is Melvin Gordon and he gets yeah, the end zone twice, he's going to obliterate. So like again, like this is it's kind of like it's a tough matchup because the defense is good, but like he's literally the only guy on the field that can do anything. 
Melvin Gordon. I, saw, I wonder what his touchdown odds are. Touchdown odds are plus 135. So, oh, that's a steal. A yeah. Steal. It's, uh, but, you know, still, I mean, on the, not too many touchdown favorites on this slate. So, so still one of the top touchdown odds. Um, okay. So let's move on here. We talked earlier about some, just how many good options there are. I don't, I think this week is so interesting because they're, I mean, basically the top five, top six runners on DraftKings and on FanDuel. I mean, you can talk me into any one of them. I really love them all. Um, this last clip comes from the expert square table with Adam Levitan and JM to win. And this take comes from Adam Levitan when he discusses who he prefers between Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, and LaShawn McCoy in that pricing tier just under Le'Veon Bell. I think we need to go up to this higher range here where we have uh, kind of a tough call, I think, between LaShawn McCoy, Todd Gurley, and Leonard Fournette, who are all awesome plays. Uh, Leonard Fournette should be extremely fresh, a month off due to the ankle, then the bye then the team imposed discipline. The way you beat the Chargers is for sure by running the football. You don't expose yourself to Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. You don't expose yourself to Casey Hayward and the Jaguars. We know they want to run the football a ton anyway. So I think Fournette makes a ton of sense. Todd Gurley, obviously, the role that he's playing, no Malcolm Brown uh, this week, his backup, like the role Gurley's playing is just outrageous. And anytime LaShawn McCoy is at the Ralph, uh, I want to play him. I actually think the Bills are going to play really well in this spot. So even though they're a dog, uh, I kind of think that LaShawn McCoy is going to have the kind of usage we see when he's a favorite, when he touches the ball, like literally 27 times. So uh, given price, I think I like LaShawn McCoy the best uh, given pass game role. I think I like LaShawn McCoy the best, but I think all three of these guys are awesome plays and it's hard for me to parse between them. Okay. So that was uh, Adam Levitan from the expert square table with him and James to win. You love out. that name, don't you? you I do. Every time. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, it comes out, and it's a great show, man. That the, the line of programming on Friday nights on Grinders Live. I mean, it's it's it's, it's must see TV, man. Like Levitan and James to win are real sharp, and of course the sharp DFS analysis, and then the Swole cast is just awesome, and those guys are hilarious, man. So I'd recommend anybody uh, definitely watch those. Um, I'm sure if you're here watching this, you, you, you know, you certainly watch those. But anyway, um, Levitan actually favors Shady, LaShawn McCoy, over Gurley and Fournette in that same tier. Siege, what are your thoughts? I think I like Gurley and Fournette more. Me too. The, me the, too. Number, the question for me is how high can I play Leonard Fournette before, like, I just get the, you know, like, before I just basically ask him to twist his ankle? <laughs> I watched this guy all season, like, how much do I have to roster before, like, the spot is awesome. The Chargers secondary can't tackle worse shit. No. And I complain all about all his long runs. Well, like, this is the week he's actually facing a team that, like, can't tackle in the secondary. No. Here's the thing about his 80-yard runs that everybody says are so flukish. They are flukish. That, no, they're not. It, that, that siege. That is what happens when you put eight and nine men in the box to stop a runner. If that runner is sick enough to get through those men, nobody's going to catch him on the back end. This is causal. This is causal. When you're that big and that sick and that fast and there's nobody on the back end to catch you and you're managed to break through that big box, that's just what happens. It's why some of these guys, they just break off these big runs. Leonard Ford, Leonard Fournette is certainly one of them, and it does and it does not it does not do 
that the uh, I keep calling the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. It does not do them any good that they cannot tackle in the back end. It does not do them any good that that's a defensive line that is built to pass rush much more than it is to fit up run gaps. I, I just uh, he is healthy. He's fresh. He's we full don't know of juice. If he's healthy, by the way, we assume that we don't know that for sure. Well, we assume he's healthy. We assume he's fresh. We assume he's full of juice. We know well, he's we, sick. We, we know we. we I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I just. Like a 90-yard touchdown run when they need a first down to ice the game, it's just kind of like, you know, any smart running back would have gone down there. It's just like, it's situations like that that just drive you nuts. And it's just like, you know, I, this the problem is this is the spot where he should go off. Yes. This is the best spot he's had all season. Like, so this is the spot where he should go put up 35. The do you like is, him? Like, what ownership number do I have to get to before, like, I'm just really asking for it? And then, like, if I do that, like, the debate for me is whether I want to pay up at running back or up at wide receiver. Like that's the debate. Like, yeah, no, it's a good and one. It's, and it's just like, right. Before Powell came out, like it became a value. I was very, I was very happy to pay up at running back and play the DD Westbrooks and the, you know, the Chris Godwins and the, you know, Adam Humphrey. Now that, stuff. now that below Powell is 4k and kind of just like a stone lock, it kind of like, changes the whole dynamic a little bit because now I kind of want to pay up for these elite wide receivers, especially because I think like everyone's off of Julio because he dropped that pass last week. Like, wait a minute. If he caught that pass, he would have had like a 30 point game. Yeah. And this spot is better. So like, why is everyone off of Julio? I don't understand. So like, I, that's a guy I really want to take an overweight position on. Right. I really want to be overweight on Antonio. Obviously, if I'm feeding Melvin or if I'm feeding Bell, it's because I think Antonio's going bananas. Well, I can tell you why I think people are all, like probably a little off Julio. I think it just has to do with the nature of the slate. I think it has to do entirely with Antonio Brown and AJ Green sandwiching him but on like, either side. But there should be like you have, there's room to fit all three. If you well, how? Julio's probably a better play than AJ Green just in a vacuum. Like if you Julio's, all points, I would take I would take Julio Jones over AJ. Well, I th- and I think that the pricing on DK would 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 be commiserate with that, right? I want I, what's, I, what's I, I don't think, is he back up above eight K? See th- that 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 goes to show how little I personally consider Julio. That I don't know his exact price. I know that I I, 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 I know Antonio's ninety five hundred, and that be, because Ant- Antonio Brown's ninety five hundred and AJ Green seventy seven hundred. I just kind of had both those guys in my crosshairs. Like you could play Julio and AJ, and then you can actually save fifteen hundred and get you like an extra back, a running back. Like, I, I just yeah, I mean, I feel right. like Julio's in this mash spot, and the whole world is just like, well, you know, Sanu's on the other side, and we. Sanu, I think that the, yeah, I think the whole but, world but, is but saying like, that. But like, hi, my name's Julio Jones, and I'm really right. good at football. Like, no, I get yeah, it. I put it's up like, twenty last week, and I dropped a sixty yard touchdown pass. Oh, it's a and good call. Man. For a quarter and a half, and like I could have had like fifty. If he if he doesn't injure his hip in the first quarter, he probably puts up like forty five. Like they had no answer for him. And no. Dallas isn't gonna have an answer for him either. And this game's in a dome. Like hmm? I, I just I don't understand it. I like I, I'm going down with the Julio Jones ship this week. Like I, I just I think they finally figured it out. Like oh you know like we, when Julio's in a good matchup, we need to give him the ball. Like okay, yeah. sounds good. I'm in. Yeah. One of only one of only three wide receivers on this slate that has that's a favorite for a touchdown. The other two are Antonio Brown, and I'll bet you can't guess the third one. See, do I take? No, it's no, it isn't. It's it, it's your boy Golden Tate. 
So not not only is there the receptions equity, but there's the touchdown equity there. Golden Tate minus one ten is his prop. So that's a little aggressive for his. Def- he's not a red zone guy. That's a little yeah, definitely interesting. Somebody thinks he's gonna break one of these off and take it, uh, take it the distance. We actually have one bonus clip that we're going to get to quickly. This one comes from uh, JM to win and Levitan as well. I was just very interested on getting uh, Siege's take about this particular <laughs> social media platform. JM to win. JM, what's going on? Uh, the people just missed a scintillating Snapchat conversation between us. So I guess we'll have to get to football now, now that we're done talking social media. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not on Snapchat. I assume that all that's on there is dick pics. So I don't really <laughs> see like why uh, I need to be on there. But according to everybody, like Snapchat has the highest like uh, market potential. Like everybody thinks Snapchat's going to be the biggest thing. So uh, maybe one day, but no, it's I'm like not. A, it's like a whole world on there. So I signed up this week. My wife's out of town and she's such a millennial that that was literally the best way to communicate with her when she's out of town. Um, yeah. We never talk when she's out of town. So Did I downloaded. Did you get any nudes? Not yet. I'm holding out hope. I got. Uh, I'm now friends with four people: a buddy from high school, my wife, Hefe, and ship my money. So maybe a nude from Hefe or ship my money or from my wife. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me know how that goes. I'm not actually Hefe. Uh, don't send me a nude, please. <laughs> I'll see you in person next week in Nashville. It'll be awkward. All right, so that was Levitan and J.M. DeWin talking about Snapchat. J.M. DeWin says he has not yet received any uh, nudes from his wife. My question is, uh, my ears pop up anytime I hear about uh, people texting nudes, doing this kind of, <laughs> doing these kinds of activities. I tried to download Snapchat a while back. I couldn't really get into it. I'm wondering, I'm a, I'm, I'm a mid-30s guy, Siege. It, 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 am I just, um, do I just not understand all of the new millennial stuff? I just don't understand the point of it. I mean, I'm not a huge Snapchat guy. I have it. Like, I, I use it from time to time. But, but, like, it's just like, it just shows you where you're at. Like, you know, if you're on a vacation, you just take pictures. and You, you can't just, do it for Twitter? Can't do it on Facebook or something? But, like, on, but on, like, but it, like Snapchat, just, like, so like you can just, you, you don't have to search someone's timeline for it. It's just, like, right there. Like, you open it up, and they're all right there, and you just click on it. Oh, right, but what about the nudes? I wouldn't know anything about that. Nothing about that? Yeah, it just seemed like they talked a lot about nudes. Possibly. I, mean, I mean, that's just a Levitan, like, old guy joke. That's what he thinks it's used for. I mean, it's not what it's yeah. used for. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I guess Levitan and I are probably about the same age. I don't I don't get it. Um, I see Twitter as something where you can use it to – and Instagram, you can use those to, like, sell products and stuff. Snapchats, I don't know what, what that's even really used for. Okay, uh, let's see. A couple guys I wanted to talk to you about here. We're starting um, with Bathur. We're starting with Bathur. We're starting with Bathur. Perfect. I'm, I'm just, it, it's, the, it's the hot take show. Let's why, kick it off with a hot take. Okay, like, I guess there's like a 15% chance if he sucks, he gets benched for Jimmy G. I guess. I don't think that. I don't think he's like, going to. I mean, I'm, willing, I'm willing to concede that point. Like, I'm willing to concede that. that I'm not no trying to make that point. I, th- I, th- I think it's ridiculous that they would put in Garoppolo. They're not going I think to. It's, I think it's absurd. Like, yeah. like, spoiler alert, they're franchising him. Like, there's no other alternative. Like, I'm not sure they're going to franchise. I don't... You don't trade a top 35 pick if you're not going to franchise the guy. You're, not, you're certainly not letting him walk. Yeah. He gets hurt, right? And then, like, what do you do? 
do you franchise a guy who has shoulder surgery is going to be out for like six months? Like, how could you put yourself in that position as a franchise exactly? No, I mean, uh, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm completely, I'm completely conceding that to you. My, my issues with playing, playing CJ Beathard would have nothing to do with. The Giants you know, nothing to do with Jimmy He's got a good rushing floor. He's averaging like eight yards. He's averaging eight DK points a game rushing. He has two touchdowns and three career starts rushing. Yeah, he does. They love running him on the one yard line. He's like their one. He's like their goal line back. And like the Giants' defense is not good, and neither is the 49ers. There's going to be points scored in this game. It's going to go up and down the field. The Giants' secondary is done, and the, two of them have already been suspended by the coach. You got to wonder what, how much effort they're going to put in on the field. I can't believe it. That, I can't believe the coach it. fired. He's probably getting fired on Monday if they lose. So, like, I just see that there's a huge chance the Giants is completely no show here. And then, like, oh, okay, yeah. let's, just say, let's just say that I'm wrong, right? And the 49ers are awful. And, and then I'm going to be in trouble. Let's just say I'm wrong. Then why is everyone on Shepard and all these passing game guys? If they get up 14 nothing, you know what they're going to do? They're going to run Darkwell up the middle 25 times. We saw it in the Buffalo game. When they get a lead, they sit on it. So why is everyone all about the Sterling Shepard life and the Eli Manning life? Unless you think this game's shooting out. So like, I feel like I'm getting two different stories here. No, I, I mean, you're not getting them from me. I, I think that this is a game where, um, I mean, I guess if there's, if I was getting rostering anybody from this game, I really like or Orleans Darkwood. I, I, I like Evan Ingram now. Look, now that, um, now that we have Jimmy, Jimmy Ward and Jaquiski Tart both kind of out of the question there, I think that Evan Ingram is just an absolute freak and a beast. I mean, no one's going to be able to guard him. So I think that, yeah, if the Giants haven't given up, I think that they're going to be able to get some things done. And if you wanted them to get some things done, or at least in a way that's, you know, in a way that's going to get you to the top of any leaderboards, you're going to have to have production on the other side. I totally get that. So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. If people are saying that Eli is going to have a big game and then they're dogging on you for saying that C.J. Beathard's not going to get anything done, I don't see how that's really possible. And this already going. Like, I don't That's where what? They're already That's like where? Beathard's terrible. Like you have to understand, he's had no offensive line, zero. They've been on like linemen six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like, and they've been facing blitz happy teams. Like those situations were not going to work out. Now the offensive line is getting healthy. They're facing their worst pass rush in weeks. Like I, this is, and it's at home. Like everything is pointing towards a good Beathard game here. Like yeah, he's got young playmakers. That's fine. The Giants' number two receiver is Roger Lewis, and the number three is Tavares King. Like, it's not like the 49ers are losing the skill position battle here by this much this week. No, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, uh, look, man, all that stuff makes actually really good sense. I and think they're all that, free. They're free. If this game shoots out and you fade the 49ers, you lose. Because I'll have every combination of the studs with it. Fade, fade the, if it shoots out and you fade. I don't I, – I can't You're going to lose. You're going to lose because I, the better <laughs> – Marquise Goodwin stack is 8K. I get and I, with Powell, I get to play elite running back A and three stud wide receivers. Good luck catching up to me. Good luck. You, yeah, and I, I know that um, I know you're I, I know you're feeling about props, but I will say Marquise Goodwin at that 3.8K top six value so far on the board out of the 75 that I've gone through and collated over at Roster Watch so far. Depending on, I got it from two different people. One person at three and a half catches, one person at four catches for 49 and a half. And both had plus 175 touchdown odds. So that's somewhere between like 2.8 and 2.95x 
you know, based on that prop alone. Of course, we, have, we know there's huge upside from there. We saw last week the target volume uh, really, really can be there. If those two just connect, you know, they finally connected on one deep one. There were two that they two, two that they should have connected on, but finally yeah, connected on one. The Giants secondary is awful. They give up a big play on a freaking screen pass on third and 33. <laughs> I can't could, – could, could you believe that? Who was that, Robert Woods? That was just – just a it was awesome as someone who was really overweight on Robert Woods. I yeah. very much enjoyed it. Yeah, but that was one of the ones that was just a that one in the Tyreek. That one in the Tyreek Hill was just yeah. You know what? Kevin Hogan didn't work out, but he still got you 13 points. Like he still got you 13 points. We at least admit that Brock Osweiler didn't work out last week, though. What? We at least admit that Brock Osweiler didn't work out, even though I lost the bet. Didn't work out. But Perfect. I, I mean, he was he was a one percent. <laughs> like I like CJ Beathard way more than I liked any well, you, of those. You you look at CJ Beathard's like you look at his game logs, and basically as a I think he I think he, the only game that he started did he start in week six? Yeah. He so I mean, his game, Washington game. He started. He he came in relief in the Washington game. He almost let him. Vote. Okay. 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 So as he started in the Dallas game. 16.4, yep. 12.68, and an 18.36. You'll, you'll take that for 4,800. And, like, the key is, too, like, look at the, like, look at the rushing. It's like he had 30 – here are the passing attempts. 36 and a half, 38, 36, 51. And he's got a rushing floor. No, <laughs> I get it. Run plays. They are going to run tons and tons and tons of plays. Like, these are – like, I don't understand why everyone's just, like, this game's going to be, a, like, a boring grind. Like, both these teams are going to run plays. I just I, – I really think this game is going to go way over the total, like way over the total. And, you know, I, I, good news is also a 425 game. So, you know, my teams won't be dead until seven. Well, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna pull up – unless you – do you know what the total is in this game versus the total in the Tampa Bay New yeah, York Jets I have, game? I have it up. I can pull it up too. I have it. I have it. It's, um, the Jets game is at 43, 43 and a half. Yeah, get it at, and this game is at forty-two. Well, well, do you want to make our bet this week that the um, if I give you minus one that the Jets Bucks go the Jets Bucks has a higher total? Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, so that'll be our, that'll be our bet for that'll be our bet for this week. So the bet for this week will be Tampa Bay. So the total in Tampa Bay, uh, New Jets, York Jets minus one minus one. Versus the total of that one. That's a that's a good bet. Okay. Um, hey, one of my favorite plays. I haven't heard you talk about it all so far. What about Jordan Howard this week? He's only sixty one hundred. I think he's just screaming value yep. so far. I've been locking him into my cash games. Yep, love him. One of my love him. Yep, no argument there. Okay. Um, any- I liked. It. He was like him and Powell. It's just like you can pay up for all these stud receivers. Like I'm just gonna be so overweight on Antonio, Julio, and AJ Green. Like that's my plan. I want to be overweight on those three players. Like, you can't. I just please are the three best players on the slate. Have, have you tried getting all three in? There's no way. Yeah, no problem. No problem. No problem. You got to use Darkwa. Use uh, Darkwa and Bilal Powell and some other something. <laughs> you have to use Bether. You got to use Bether, right? Yeah. And and you and you got to pair him up with Marquis Goodwin in, in the flex. I'm sure or something like Correct. that. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah well, plugging the three stud receivers and away you go. Let me ask you this. I, this is off the board. It's in that Bears game, too. But as long as I'm looking at this prop sheet, another guy that's just showing up in this thing, I always just take a second look when guys are up this high. Kendall Wright has a pretty good prop, three and a half receptions for 36 and a half yards. 
I know that I've laughed at, I've totally laughed at people wanting to use him before, but in this matchup, I mean, he's going against Demarius Randall. Do you think he could find salary relief from using that guy at 3,200 as a pivot off Adam Humphreys, maybe in tournaments or something? Not for me. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just built the lineup. I actually had 600. I actually have 600 in salary left over. From, from what? With Antonio Julio and AJ Green, I actually can upgrade somewhere. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, yeah. I didn't gonna... think I was going to be able to upgrade. This is actually kind of nice. Hey, I, I... I can upgrade, but I'm gonna, I can upgrade. I have a question. Two guys that I haven't heard, I haven't heard so much as a squeak out of anybody out of. Um, nobody's talking this week about Mark Ingram or Alvin Kamara. I love Alvin Kamara. Powell, when Powell became chalky, it's going to plummet my Alvin Kamara share exposure. I loved him. I, I thought this was a good game flow for him. I think the Bills are going to play from in front and the Saints will be playing from behind. And I thought it screamed Kamara additional workload. But Bilal Powell is now 4K. Like, there's, I don't see an option. I don't either. Like, I would just rather be overweight on Powell. Like, his floor is like, what, nine? If everything goes south? It's, do, you, do you know what his splits are without Matt Forte in the game? I haven't looked at him, but I'm sure there's a it, It's it, – it's it's like it's like an eleven point difference. I mean, it's if you if and that's what, like and he even got hurt in one of those games and he's averaging seventeen points PPR. So it's just like yeah, it's just like if he gets you like fifteen, even it's just like and he's got upside for again. And I think this game's gonna be more of a running game. I think it's gonna be slower than the people think. So like it helps like when the chalk like helps your game flow narrative. It's perfect. Like I, I want this game to be slow. I'm gonna be underweight on this game. So if Powell goes bonkers. You know, it's going to be more time run off the clock, so it's just going to be a, a double whammy for me. Hey, would you take a would you take a second prop of CJ Beathard versus Ryan Fitz Fitzpatrick? No, because I'm already going to take a massive. I'm already going to take that. <laughs> you don't you don't want to take it. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need to double that down. Like okay. Fitzpatrick's going to be twenty percent, and my guy's going to be one percent. So like, if Beathard outscores Ryan Fitzpatrick more than one in out of every twenty times, like I'm making a plus EV play, and that's a no brainer for me. One, one other low-priced option I've heard kind of touted, not really as much, but I've heard maybe people think it's sneaky uh, because of the connection to A.J. Green would be Andy Dalton versus an uncommon opponent. I know people like to talk about that narrative. Any interest in Andy Dalton? He's only 5,200, and it's pretty play, easy to th- – I'd rather play Case Keenum first, personally. Case Keenum traveling to face, jo- face Josh Norman and- well, well, it's not – hopefully he's not throwing towards Josh Norman. It's <laughs> the other guys that are terrible. Right. Like, block guy like Adam Thielen and right. Jared McKinnon out of the backfield. Like, right. I would rather do that at 4,800. You know, the Washington Redskins coming off a huge, big win on the West Coast. Like, this is kind of a very trappy spot for them. I'd rather play Keith Keenan at 1%. Okay. So, no interest there for, for him. And then just one other guy I wanted to touch with you, and I think that you kind of gave your opinion earlier – you're going to have a – I mean, you've almost talked me into taking in tournaments. I'm, I'm not sure about cash. I'm pretty happy with the way my cash lineups look or my ca- my main cash lineup looks. But I think in tournaments I'm going to be getting in some Julio Jones. Um, the reason I'd gotten off of him before was kind of whatever you think the sort of fishy group think is about Mohamed Sanu. Do you think it's fishy to, to go – I mean, Sanu has been pretty – it's been pretty good, man. He's been fine, but like – they showed that they were properly happy giving Julio a massive workload when he was in a good spot. Like in the Jets game, he had Morris Clayboard and they just threw the ball to Sanu 19 times. Like it feels like Steve Sarkeesian finally figured out like we attack good matchups at this level. 
Like we attack the best matchup on the field. And the best matchup on the field this week is Julio who versus whoever's going to try to cover him in that zone defense. Like that's no, the best I get matchup it. on the field. Yeah, and you just you've we've just we've saw it in that. Do you remember the fall? If he game? catches that ball, by the way, what do you think his ownership is this weekend? Thirty-five. God, that ball just killed me. Like, there's so it much. It killed, killed me too. Me but like, it it was a brutal. Like the T.Y. Right. Hilton getting touchdown. Like that was a twenty-two point swing for me versus the field. Right. Like, but like, how many times does Julio Jones catch that ball? 98, 99? Like, well, I mean, they tweeted out from the Atlanta Falcons uh, tw- Twitter nine nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine out of ten thousand. <laughs> so, like, yeah. it's, like it's just like you know, like it's, it's a no brainer. So, like yeah. for me, it's a situation like I'm just gonna go back. Like he's, I think he's healthy. Like I just, I, I don't think I think they just give him a week off for practice. It's a big game at home on the turf. Like I just want him, right. you know. And I love Dak too. I think Dak like seventy three hundred for Dak is so cheap. And just because, like, everyone's so ingrained, like, people didn't notice that, like, all the quarterbacks are priced down this week. So I love being contrarian and paying up because, like, 7300 for a guy like Dak and a total this big, like, in the past weeks, this guy would be 8 or 9 k So I, I'm perfectly happy taking the discount with Dak in a spot where he has, like, four t- total touchdown upside. Yeah, and, and you've, you've, you've given me a ton to think about with the whole Dak thing, with especially if Dak, if, if I'm going to be interested in Julio, I'm certainly interested in something on the other side. Uh, but not interesting and in, not interested in throwing any darts at any one of these Terrence Williams, Des Bryant, Cole Beasley, God forbid, Bryce Butler or Jason. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Like, why is everyone, why are everyone worried about Des? He's, fine. Uh, he's kind of banged up all week. I don't know. He's been a guy that's looked a little slow anyway. And Yeah, but no uh, true font. He's going to get like 19 targets. Robert Alford's good too, man. I don't know. Robert Alford is uh, you well, know Robert Alford is good. He's, <laughs> he's, no, good. he's no truth. Like you know he's what? No, no he is no truth. Bus versus Mark Alford, so be it. Like, yeah. he's not. He's no Jason McCourty or anything like that. You got a. You, you got right, a, no take. Jason McCourty. You got a yeah. You got a hot take or a bold call for we got here. We already have our bets. I got the O. I do. I, wanna, the, uh, I want to steal your hot take. Is he after? I'm trying to see if he, I'm trying to look scour through Twitter. <laughs> are you like, trying to steal mine? I want to steal your. Are you going to go with it? Is no, that your guy? No, no, go for it. I kind of want to if I can find out he's active real quick. I don't know. You, what can, you can just you can just go like me and go balls out like I did last week without even knowing if he was going to be activated. Yeah, but that's no fun. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give I'll I'll, I'll give I, my I, hot I, take. I got, a, I got a hot take. San Francisco. I'm going to double down. The San Francisco New York Giants game scores over 51 points. Yikes! Well, I'll be screwed if that's the case, and I'll be down four units. Um, my hot take will be that. Is, is this is this hot enough that Cameron Bray is the top tight end scorer on the DK main slate? No, not hot enough. Not hot enough, even more than Evan Ingram. He's like he's cheaper than everybody. Hey, he's only forty one hundred. It's hot enough. I agree with it. Hot yeah. enough. Hot enough. Hey, All by right. the way, before we get off the air, really quickly, I know I know we're over, but you want to double down on the bet? I'll take um, uh, I'll take the Browns uh, Detroit over uh, against your uh, your Jets Tampa game if you like. The Brown, what is what is that one? 44, so I'll spot you the point the other way. <sighs> Yikes. No, I don't All want right, to do fine. that. You're I so think confident. That was you're so confident. Well, I'm, no, I'm confident you against your play. That's fine. That's fine. You don't want to bet against the Browns. That's fine. I don't want to bet against Matt Stafford and my boy That's Golden fine. Tate. That's fine. You're just, you're just noting he doesn't want to bet against the Browns. That's okay. <laughs> there you go. He is the Siege. You follow him on Twitter, at the Siege DFS. Find all of his work here on Roto Grinders, Grinders Live, and – with his tournament tactics packages for both the NFL and the NBA. And I think baseball coming up soon enough. I can't wait for baseball my, myself so I can put hemorrhaging all this cash I'm making in NFL 
with my stupid NBA picks. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alex Dunlap NFL. Find all of my work at rosterwatch.com and hear me on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio tonight, 7 to 9 Eastern tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern for the game day edition. For the Siege, I am Alex. We're getting the hell out of here.